uh, we looked at his omniscience. He is all-knowing, all right? And so tonight we're going to look at his omnipresence. He's everywhere, so there's not a place that he is not. Uh, so in the Bible, there are many verses that point to the fact that God is everywhere all at the same time. He is at the beginning, and he is at the end already, simultaneously, at the same time. So there's many verses that we read where God says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, right? God says that. Uh, now, if God was talking just to an individual, then we could say, well, maybe God's not omnipresent. Maybe he's not everywhere. He was just with that individual. But God's talking to a nation, and he's telling the nation as a group of individuals that I will never leave you nor forsake you. So every person that's in that, in that nation, every person that's represented there, God promises to be with each and every one of them. How can God be with every individual within a nation? I got one for you. How can God be with every individual in the world in different nations? Uh, that blows my mind right there. So we're going to look at some verses tonight, and uh, we're going to be in a lot of places. Now, if you have the app, I've got the sermon notes on there, and you can follow along in the uh, uh, sermon notes with these verses. Psalm 139 is where I want you to be right now. Psalm 139, verse 7 through 10. We see that, that there's not a place that we can go where God is not there. There's not a place that we can go where God is not there. And so I hope tonight that you leave here with a better understanding of God's presence. And we're going to look at different aspects of God's presence tonight and hopefully just challenge your mind to think a little bit. So Psalm 139, verse 7 through 10 says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? In other words, where can I go where your spirit's not with me? Whither shall I flee from, their, from thy presence? In other words, where can I go or run to where your presence will not be with me? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell or Sheol, uh, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. God is everywhere, and there's not a place that you and I can go where God's presence is not there. You know, we don't come to church hoping to see the presence of God. You, you brought the presence of God with you when you came. He dwells inside of you, and so we all bring the presence of God with us. But church is a place that we can experience the manifestation of God's presence. Like this morning when God showed up, there was evidence that God's presence was with his people, right? And so God's going to show up in different ways. Acts 17, verse 27 through 28, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. He's always near. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for you are his offspring. Jonah 1, 3, love this verse. Love this verse. Well, Jonah is, is fleeing, and he's trying to get away from the presence of God. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it 
to go with them into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, he was fooled, right? Jonah was, thought, was thinking, well, if I leave and if I flee, then I'm going to run from the presence of God. Where did God find him? Found him out in the middle of that boat, sent a storm his way. And, they, and Jonah said, hey, guys, it's me. It's my fault. Okay, we'll cast him over to sea. He got swallowed by a great fish. God knew where he was at. He could not hide. He could have gone to the bottom of the ship in the middle of the ocean, and God knew where he was. Tonight, I want to answer a question. And I found this question this week. The question is this. I want you to think about this question. If God is omnipresent, then what is so special about being in his presence? If God is omnipresent, he's everywhere, there's not a place that we cannot go where God's not there, then what is the important aspect of us being in the presence of God? Is there a difference? We're going to look at that question, and hopefully we're going to answer that question, Lord willing, and you'll walk out of here with a better understanding of God and his power. This is a loaded question that I asked you. If God is omnipresent, then what's special about being in the presence of God? But I believe that we have an answer to this question. To answer this question, we've got to give you two different terms. So the first term that I want you to note tonight is the transcendence of God. What does that mean? That means God is above everything. But God dwells. Everywhere that we go, God is there. The presence of God is everywhere we go. This is, uh, simply put, the transcendence of God is that God is outside humanity's full experience. In other words, there are some things about God we just don't understand. Would you all agree with that? There are some things about God that we cannot comprehend, that we will not know until we get to heaven. And maybe then we won't even know it, but the transcendence of God is something that, that God is outside of humanity's full experience. The fact that God is everywhere at the same time demonstrates His transcendence and how He's above time and matter, how He's not subject to the same physical laws that you and I have. So He's from the beginning to the end. I am the first and the last. He goes over this over and over and over again. And God is above all time, space, and matter. He transcends everything beyond our human comprehension. There was a, a man, Dr. Peter Jones, he was lecturing on the incommunicable attributes of God. And there's another study for you at another later time. The incommunicable, incommunicable attributes of God. Jokingly, he offered a free book to anyone in his audience who, who could claim to have one of these qualities. A man approached him after the lecture to ask for a free book. Surprised, Dr. Jones asked him, so which of God's incommunicable attributes do you possess? The man responded, well, my wife told me that I should get a free book because she says I never change. All right. <laughs> how, many, uh, how many men have uh, gotten that one before? My husband will never change. That's not an incommunicable attribute of God, okay? That's just you being stubborn. I ain't got nothing to do with God. That's just you and I being stubborn tonight. But the fact is, there are some things about God that we just do not understand. So where in the Bible do we see examples of God's transcendence? 
Isaiah 55 is where I would want you to look at first. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. Familiar passage of Scripture. You should know this one. Uh, once I start reading it, I believe you will know it. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. In other words, God says, you don't have a clue. Your thoughts are not where my thoughts are at. Your ways are not where my ways are wanting to be. He says, uh, your ways are not my ways, said the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. In other words, God transcends us. He is greater than us in our ways, in our thoughts. Psalm 113, verse 5 and 6. Love this verse. In verses, who is like unto the Lord our God? Who's like unto him? There's nobody like God. Who dwelleth on high? Who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and the earth? Isn't it amazing that God can be in heaven and on the earth at the same time? Does that not blow anybody else's mind like it blows my mind? I cannot do that. I can't be in two places at the same time. Isaiah 40, verse 22 and 23. It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. And if anybody wants to argue that the earth is flat, take them to Isaiah 40 and say, well, what do you think about this verse right here? Where he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. What shape is the earth? It's a circle, right? That's what the Bible says. So if someone says the earth is flat, well, take them to this. And so he says, it is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, spreadeth them out as a tent uh, to dwell in. My, my iPad just went off. That bringeth the princes to nothing, he maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Did you get that? That he stretched out the heavens as a curtain? Like, it was like he took a curtain of, of stars and stretched them out. Who can do that but God? He was there when that all that happened. He is still there, and he's here at the same time. So God is outside of our full knowledge. Would you all agree with that? He's transcendent above us. There are some things about God we're not going to understand. But there are some things about God that we can know, right? There are some things that we can know about God. God. So the second term that I want you to really focus in on, not, not so much transcendence, but the imminent, the imminent presence of God. In other words, he's above all of us, but he is still knowable. Now the agnostics will say that God created the world, perhaps. There was something out there that created the, hap, uh, the world, but that person who created the world just took their hands off, and we cannot know that person physically, spiritually, anything. We cannot know that person. I'm telling you tonight, we can know God. He is imminent. In other words, he wants to dwell with us, be with us. And so God is above all that we are able to comprehend. But God still has some things about him that he wants us to know. Somebody said that God is not a solitary remote principle so high above us that we have no way of knowing him. He's not just something up there floating in space that we cannot know. 
Yes, he's high above everything, but we can know him. I submit to you tonight that God is a God who is near us and he makes himself known to us. Amen? How many of you has God made himself known to you in a personal way? I think we all can raise our hand and say, absolutely, 1,000%, God has made himself known unto me. Where do we find this imminent presence of God throughout the Bible? Uh, Deuteronomy 4, 7. For what nation is there so great who hath God so nigh unto them? <laughs> that right there is amazing. There, he's talking to Israel. Israel. There's not another nation like you who has God so near them like you do. Man, I ask you the same thing. We, we are Christians and we have God so near us. As the, he goes on to say, as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for. He is very knowable. He, is, we, he wants to be known by us. Isaiah 54 verse 5, for thy maker is thy husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. He's the Redeemer. To redeem us, he had to get personally involved with us, and we have to know that, right? Y'all learning something, and I hope you are. Man, this, I, love, I love this study. Ezekiel 34, verse 11 and 15. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I even... I will both search my sheep and seek them out. God, the creator of the universe, says, I know my sheep, people. I know who belong to me, and I will seek them out. Does that sound like a personal God to you? Absolutely it does. It, that doesn't sound like a God that I cannot know. That sounds like a God that's going to come after me and seek me out. Then he goes on to say, I will feed my flock, and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord of God. In other words, I'm going to take care of you. God's going to take care of us. So God, we can know in a personal way. He's not so high above us that he's not known by us. We can know him by knowing Jesus. That's what Jesus said when he was on this earth. So both of these terms show us that God is high above everything, so high that some things we can't comprehend. But God also made himself known unto mankind. Both of these uh, show uh, who God is. So with these two, two terms in mind, let's answer the question, if God is omnis, omnis, or omnipresent, then what is special about being in the presence of God? So we have an all-encompassing presence of God. We would call that His transcendence. God is everywhere, all at the same time. No matter where we go, there's not a place that God will not be. Just because the presence of God is there doesn't mean the blessings of God are there. Does everybody understand that? Just because the presence, overwhelming presence of God is there doesn't mean that God is doing things individually. That, that God's not blessing this, this person or that person. So God is everywhere. And, uh, you, you know, you can, you can go anywhere in the United States and God's going to be there. You can go anywhere in the world and God's going to be there. But not everybody's going to experience the blessings of God. God is everywhere. Statement of fact. I mean, that, that's what God said. We just have to take it uh, uh, with faith. This picture of deity. Jesus is, or God is everywhere, but doesn't mean that everywhere will experience his blessing. Look at our world. 
we've already discovered that God is, I mean, he sits on the earth, right? He encompasses the earth. So we would say he's everywhere, right? But there are some nations that are not experiencing blessings of God. There are some places that don't experience the blessings of God. There are some churches that don't experience the presence of God. So how do we get from the transcendent presence of God to the imminent aspect or presence of God? Some, someone said this about the word presence. He said presence, as, uh, as one commentator puts it, can refer to his divine blessing and embracing love. So Psalm 16, verse 11, we're, we're going to see a good representation of, of God, his, his overall presence with us, but now God's going to show us, manifest his presence to us. And what happens in his presence? Psalm 16, verse 11, Thou will show me the path of life, in thy presence is fullness of joy. So Jesus, or God is saying this. God's saying, I will be everywhere, but when I'm with you and you're in my presence, then there will be fullness of joy. At the right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. God wants to dwell with us, and God is everywhere, and God wants to reveal his blessings to us. Do you all agree with that? God wants to give us his blessings. Psalm, or Psalm 21, verse 6. For thou hast made him most blessed forever, when thou hast made him exceeding glad with thy countenance or thy presence. So with God's presence can come blessings. With God's presence can come blessings. So those who live for God can experience the presence of blessings, right? When you live for God day in and day out, He can bestow upon you blessings. In other words, He manifests Himself to you. Now, He's everywhere all the time. But when you know when God shows up, you know when the Spirit manifests itself, there's something different about it. When He shows up in a personal way, He's saying, man, I want to dwell with you. Those who refuse to live for God, what do, they, what do they miss out on? They miss out on the blessings of God. Those that don't want the presence of God, they don't get the blessings of God. But those that live near God will experience the, the presence and the blessings of God. In thy presence is fullness of joy. That's a statement of fact. There is fullness of joy where? In the presence of God. So, yes, God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. But it's just something special when God decides to show up in a personal way. When he starts to move in your life and touch your heart and do things in your world, and it changes everything. Sometimes we make a distinction between the all-pervading presence of God, his omnipresence, and the manifest presence of God. This is where God shows up. You know what I'm talking about. You've been in services. We were in one this morning where God, I believe, absolutely showed up. It, I mean, it was thick this morning, and I, I don't know if you felt it or not, but I, I know that God's presence was here. Wonderful service this morning. God said, hey, I'm going to give you a blessing this morning. I'm going to come down, and I'm going to reign in the midst of you. And boy, was it a sweet, sweet time. God's manifest presence is the result of his overt an unmistakable interaction with us. In other words, God is involved with us. 
He's not just some deity that created the world, took his hands off, and said, you figure it out. But God says, yes, I'm everywhere, and I want to be with you personally. That ought to make you excited tonight, that he's everywhere, but he wants to be with us personally. Think about this. When Israel camped at Sinai, God had been there all along. Do you all agree with that? His presence is everywhere. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. But how did God manifest himself to the children of Israel? Thunders and lightnings and loud, loud roarings, right? I mean, God said, boom, 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 boom. Hey, here I am, right? Now, that would have been overwhelming for us. I think it was overwhelming for the children of Israel. They got kind of scared. There was the earthquake. There was all kinds of things happening. God was saying this, I'm in the midst. What happened at the tabernacle? God showed up, right? The presence of God showed up. The Shekinah glory of God filled the tabernacle, and nobody could even go into that place. God said, hey, I'm manifesting myself to you, nation of Israel, in a personal way. The Bible describes the event as God's descending to Sinai and meeting the children of Israel in Exodus 19, verse 17 and 20. They were in the very presence of God in a special, special way. God used the physical, earthly means of communicating with his people. They got the point. They said, God's up there. They got the point that when you go to the tabernacle, God's there. All right, so God is everywhere. Sometimes God just says, hey, I'm with you. You see me? I'm with you. And and I believe that's what God does for his children. At certain times in history, God has needed to manifest his presence. Otherwise, his people would not have realized that he was there. God had to make himself known. I know that he's known in creation. I know that he's known in other aspects of the world. But when, when God shows up in a personal way, it just does something for you, right? As a child of God, it just encourages you. Jacob had a fitful night in Bethel, awoke from his dream and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. Surely the Lord's in this place. Jacob had a dream. He didn't say, well, that was a nightmare. He had a dream, and he knew that he was in the presence of God. God did something special for him. There is God's omnipresence, and this is something that's all around all the time, whether you and I know it or not. Then you have the manifested presence of God, the imminent presence of God. It just shows up. I'm telling you, it can show up when you're just driving down the road listening to a song. You and the Holy Spirit are having a good time in the car. And maybe you've never done that. It don't even have to be the car. It can be the shower. It can be while you're vacuuming the floor. It can be anywhere. And you and God have a moment. He just comes down and he sits on top of the vacuum cleaner and he says, Hey, I'm here. And you're like, Yeah, that's good stuff, right? Those are exciting times. Now, when you didn't experience that the day before, does that mean that God wasn't there? Absolutely not. He was there, but on this particular day, you were more awakened to the Spirit. You were more able to sense His Spirit. You were able to know that He was there. We always have the indwelling of the Spirit. He's always with us. He indwells us when? When we can speak in tongues? No. When we get saved, right? The day I got saved was the day the Holy Spirit came into my heart and He sealed me until the day of redemption. I'm not waiting on some spirit. I've got the Spirit. He indwells me and indwelled me the first time that I got saved. 
I'm not waiting on some manifestation of gifts or anything else. I've got the Spirit, but sometimes I'm not real in tune with the Spirit. You with me? Sometimes I don't know about the Spirit. Sometimes I'm living contrary to the Word of God, so I'm not going to experience the presence of God. God indwells us the moment we give our life to Him. He becomes our comforter, our helper, our guide, our advocate. That's what Jesus Christ does, what the Holy Spirit does. This is something that will never change. Now, if you're like me, there are days that you feel the Spirit more than others. Anybody ever been there? You know that. You know the Spirit. You know He's there. And you know, and it could be a song that's, that the Spirit brings to mind. Like this week, God brought that, His mercy is more, all week long. It was just in my brain. I mean, I was constantly playing. Had my AirPods in, man, I was just listening to that song over and again. Had it in my office going. I had it everywhere that I could possibly play it. God just brought that song to me this week because He was trying to remind me, man, my mercy is good. And I needed that this week. And me and God, man, we had some special moments this week. The Holy Spirit just didn't show up once or, or twice. It was like every day, me and the Holy Spirit were just having a meeting. And it was wonderful. Now, just last week, then when I didn't have those kind of things with the Lord, it doesn't mean that He wasn't there. He was there, but this week, somehow, I was just more in tune to it. This week, I just, I just felt His presence just a little bit more. It could be a prompting to pray. The Holy Spirit could prompt you to pray. Next thing you know, you and the Holy Spirit are having a moment with one another. A desire to study the Word or an effable feeling of peace. The Spirit is not limited to how He will reveal Himself. Amen? He's not limited. But the point is this. He will make Himself known to those who are living in the Spirit. We're told often to be filled with the Spirit of God. Constantly be filling ourselves with the Spirit of God. That doesn't mean that the Spirit of God is leaving us, but there are some days we put other things on top of the Spirit and the Spirit gets drowned out. We can't hear the Spirit like we used to. I love what Romans 8, verse 15 through 16 says, You've not received the Spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the Spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And I love this about this next verse in verse 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You know what that means? Some days you get down on yourself. Am I really saved? The devil come all and say, man, look at you. Look at everything you've done. You're not saved. You're a rotten, filthy person. And then the Holy Spirit says, no, you're not. Hey, you're, you're me, man. You, you're all, I, I've got you. Me and you are on the same team. You're not going anywhere. You're saved. And he gives you that peace that passes all understanding. And he comes and ministers to your heart and to your life. And the Spirit bears witness with our spirit. It meshes and says, hey, you belong to me. That's how the manifested presence of God uh, shows up. So to answer the question in a nutshell, if God is omnipresent, then what's the big deal about being in his presence? In a nutshell is this, God's presence is always around us. We understand that. We know that. When a person gives their life to the Lord, the Spirit takes residence in our heart. He becomes everything we need. He convicts us when we do wrong. He encourages us to keep going. He manifests Himself to us in various ways. We will not know these manifestations if we are not walking in the Spirit. 
So God wants to show himself in a mighty way. So the important thing about being in the presence of God, it just means that you're walking in the Spirit. You're not walking after the flesh. You're living for Jesus Christ every step of the way, and those are sweet, sweet times. If, you, if you're following along in the app and you'd like more information on this stuff, I put two links in the notes in the app there, and you can go and click those links, and you can study these things on your own. Uh, but man, I'm glad to know that God is everywhere. There's not a place that I will go that God's not already there. But I'm super thankful, super thankful for the days that God manifests himself to us in a personal way, where his presence is real to us. Uh, and uh, it's just all part of God being God, that he can be everywhere at the same time, but yet show himself up at Temple Baptist Church. Does that not blow your mind? He, 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 probably did it. he probably did it at other churches today, too. He was showing himself great at other churches. That blows my mind, but that's how great God is. That's how great God is. He is all-powerful. He knows everything, and he is everywhere. And tonight, he wants to manifest himself in our hearts and lives in a very special way. And I've, just, I've, I've loved these studies of how great our God is and just looking at these attributes Next week, we're going to look at the thought of how he is immutable. He does not change, and that ought to be an exciting study. I hope that you'll make plans to be here for that. But right now, we're going to have a time of invitation, and they're going to come and sing, He is here. Hallelujah. He is here. Amen. And, uh, man, maybe tonight you just want to thank the Lord for being with you. Tomorrow when you wake up, he's going to be with you. But maybe we should pray tonight, Lord, would you show yourself more? I want to see you more. I want to experience you more. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this uh, study that we have looked at tonight. Lord, I know that these studies are different. I know we're looking at a lot of Scripture. But Lord, how they have encouraged my heart to know that there's nothing, nothing too hard for you. And Lord, I thank you that you are great in that aspect, that you're all-powerful. Lord, I thank you that you know everything. There's nothing you do not know. Lord, I, I praise God that you are that. Lord, tonight I thank you that you are everywhere. There's not a place that you'll not be. But Lord, it is sweet when you decide to manifest yourself to us in a personal way. Help us never to get tired of that. Help us to beg for that, Lord. Help that to just take place Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Be with this invitation time, Lord. I pray that you'll speak to hearts as only you can. In your name I pray. Amen. Let's all stand. Well, Stan's going to come and lead you in a song. Just sing out to him, the Lord, tonight.